Father, we thank you for another privilege we have to go into your word, to receive direction, to receive inspiration, to be built up and be more useful to the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is worthy of praise. Glory to God. Yesterday we we touched on the temptation of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, we said so much. But there is much more to say which we cannot fully deliver today. But it will be good for now. Uh, in future, we shall visit the place again. We read through Luke's presentation that of Matthew, part of it, and then two verses from Mark concerning the, the temptation. We are aware of the fact that just after the baptism of Jesus Christ, the Bible said while he prayed, the Holy Ghost came upon him, descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And God made a statement concerning him. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And thereafter we are told that the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness the purpose was for him to overcome the enemy before he would start the ministry work. He fasted for 40 days and he was tempted during the period by the devil on three major counts, which are not very different from what he did to um, Adam and Eve what he did to David, what he did, and what he's still doing. And that whole thing is captured in First John chapter 2. You're reading from verse 13 to 15. It is captured over there. It's graphically presented there. Are we on here? Can we look at that one? First John. I want to just read that. We have talked about it in church before. But I just want us to. The next verse. Go to 15 then. Yeah, it's 15 to I think 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that is one. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These are the three dimensions of the work of the enemy as it is conveyed through the flesh of the man. The lust of the eyes, the things that our eyes see that we desire to have. That of the flesh, the dictates of the flesh. And then the pride of life, which has to do much more with material possessions, status, fame, and the rest of them. All these things in their broad categories of three, have their roots in the flesh. And that has been the trick of the enemy 
all through the, the years and it is still the same he has not changed which is a major reason why we must make sure that we put the flesh under and that we walk in the spirit at all times the one that walks in the spirit cannot stumble he is not subject to the dictates of the flesh satan used this instrument of his against the first adam and adam surrendered our dominion that god has given to him to the devil that's the reason why he could tell jesus if you will bow before me i will give you all these nations so it has been delivered to me and i give to whosoever i want to give the day it was delivered was when adam and eve rose against god because he sowed a seed of doubt in them and they doubted god they doubted their position they doubted the program of god and they disobeyed him so we emphasize the issue of obedience yesterday if we are going to succeed in life as a believer then obedience humility these are elements that you cannot ignore if you ignore them you are gone philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 11 the bible talks about jesus what he got from obedience and humility the name of jesus that we talk about now the power in that name is rooted in his humility and obedience taking upon him the form of a, of a man and the garbs of the servant seven even though he was god he brought himself so low to serve the bible says he was obedient unto death even the death of the cross and a cursed death and he said because of this god also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above all names so jesus is who he is because he treasured obedience and humility if it was so with him then it cannot be different with us hallelujah if it was so with him it can't be different with us as the father sent him that is how he also sends us if this happened to be the twin blade the twin blade that gave him the victory then that is the path we should also follow so we spoke at length on this visiting genesis chapter one and then all the way to the gospels now in chapter four of luke's gospel and verse one the bible said jesus returned no he was full of the holy ghost and returned from the jordan and was led by the holy ghost into the wilderness and there he fasted 40 days and nights eating nothing and he was tempted of the devil the devil questioned his sonship and wanted him to turn against the will of god that's what he does every time every time he wanted him to turn against the will of god to turn use the power that was given to him for show for what show men of god must be careful with this believers must be careful with this people who are gifted with diverse gifts of the holy ghost must be careful with this one show show man one day the lord told me that i am not calling people who are performers and i told you that one i shared that with you about four years ago we are not performers we are kingdom people who are lifting the ideals of the kingdom of god affecting our world positively 
for the Lord. He wanted him to be a showman. He refused. What is wrong? Or what was wrong in turning bread into, I mean, stones to bread? I told you that yesterday. There's nothing wrong with it. But the motive and what it will mean as far as his relationship with the father was, the obedience element would have been defeated. It is not everything that glitters that is gold. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And it says, Thy way, O Lord, is in thy sanctuary. So there's a way of God that is in his sanctuary in the word. It may seem good to you, but that's not God's way. And so in ministry, for instance, you cannot be copying what people are doing just for the sake of it. I know a man of God who was running prayer sessions in, uh, in an auditorium somewhere. And I, the influx of people and the income that was coming enticed some people and they worked against it. And he told me something. He said, he said, man of God, you don't know, and they don't know what goes into this thing. That before the program, he will send people, a team, to a chair mountains. And they will be there for a minimum of one week, a minimum, sometimes two weeks. One man, they are there, they are praying, supporting the program. They were like, the ones who were lifting up the rod of the Lord. And things were happening there, and people saw and they thought it was that cheap. So, when you see somebody holding a program, don't just be led by what you see as the fruits of it. You may miss it. Let God speak to you. Let Him do what? Speak. The giftings of God are varied and they are different from person to person. If you are not gifted that way, don't force yourself into it. Know where you stand and let God's will be done in that area. There is no small gift. There's no bigger gift. All of them came from God. They are meant to show forth the glory of God. And we should be careful with this one. We are not nurturing what God has given to us. Because of covetousness, we want some other persons only. Israel said, give us kings like the other nations. We want to be like the other nations. Don't try to be anybody. Let it be the will of God, the program of God for your life. If you have green light from God, go ahead and do it. Don't. The devil wanted Jesus to use a different method to achieve a particular goal, he refused. So let us be careful about our work. Now there's something very interesting in the, the one that what Mark wrote. Mark quoted something from Psalm 22. He said, the beasts there were beasts with Jesus in the wilderness, beasts. And when you go to Psalm 22, you will see a scripture that is very, very interesting. Just give it to us before we go into the main thing. Psalm 22, verse 12 to 14. Corresponding to Mark chapter 1, verse 13. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouth like a raging and roaring lion. I'm poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. It's enough. Bulls of Bashan. Beasts. Frightening things 
When he was in the bush, it, over that, in that place, it was not easy. This is a messianic psalm. When you read Psalm 22, you are going to find many things in that psalm that you see in the life of Christ when he came in. It talks about the cross, talks about so many things. Psalm 22 will give you a lot of information. Prophecies that came through the psalmist about Jesus Christ. And he's one of them. Bulls, heavy, heavy animals, frightening, with their mouth open, bearing their teeth. So it was an easy thing over there for him as a human being. He was a human being. So you are bound to have people around you who terrifies you. They make you think that if you want to go God's way, it cannot work. So turn the other way. And many, 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 many people have gone astray. Many. If you don't go into this, you can't succeed in ministry. As you know that it's not good, but because the bulls are around you. You submit. There were bulls around him. The bulls of Bashan. Frightful, very, very frightful and frightening animals around him. That's what Mark tells us. He was so lonely and humanly helpless in that place. But it was a pursuit that he could not avoid. You may be going through some challenges in your Christian walk, in the things that God has told you to do. Everywhere you turn, there is someone there who is against you. Don't forget the one who sent you. Don't forget. The two spies out of the 12 that were sent to spy the land of Canaan are the instance of the Lord through Moses. The two of them, Joshua and Caleb, made a statement. They said, these giants are nothing but bread. They are food for us. If the Lord delights in us, he will give them to us. And indeed, the Lord delighted in them. They remembered the one who had sent them. And they saw the magnitude of God. And they looked at the so-called giants and they became very small. But the ten saw the giants. In fact, they, they, they so saw the giants that they became in their own eyes as grasshoppers. In their own imagination, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and so the people saw them as grasshoppers. If you can always remember the one who took you out of darkness and brought you into the light and the kingdom of his own dear son, and the father, he says, behold, I'm with you always, even unto the end, you should understand something, that no matter the challenges that come, the magnitude thereof, it cannot meet the size, the omnipotence, the power of God. You, we must be conscious of this. Jesus was. He that sent me has not left me alone. He's always with me because I do those things that please him. Not the things that please the kingdoms of the world, but the things that please this God. He, he was always with me. He stands by me. And you must know that he stands by you. And so face the challenges that come your way, thrown your way by the enemy. Face them. Overcome them. But you need that victory for your tomorrow. So Jesus did not go on a wild goose chase. He was there for a purpose. This devil must be put in his place. And so he did. And throughout his three and a half years of ministry, the devil kept on coming and every time he came, he failed. He came through his own disciples. He came through all manner of people. Your mother and your brothers are looking for you. You say, who are my mothers and who are my brothers? Distraction. Leave the meeting. Stop preaching. Go and meet them outside there. 
and talk with them. No, he said, those who hear my word and, and do it, those who are listening to me, these are my mothers and my father. You should become so much kingdom conscious that things of destruction mean nothing to you. Otherwise, at the end of the day, when the Lord should ask you questions about the assignment he gave to you, you won't have any proper answer to give to him. That ministry of yours. Marriage is ministry. Your business is the ministry that God has given to you. You are to show for his glory in everything that you are doing. It's not because you don't have a church. No. You are not on the pulpit, but you are still a kingdom citizen. And whatever you do should reflect the kingdom. So don't think that because you are not in the pulpit ministry, you are not accountable to God in the things, the way you handle the resources that he has given to you. And all those resources, the enemy will come your way to want to destroy them. As soon as money lands in your hand, you begin to shake. Last week, a brother told me about one, a new joint, a new joint. A new joint. A new joint. There's a spot along the Hacho axis from uh, Atomic over there to um, There's a spot, a place where they, I think they, they, they said all manner of things are there grass cutter, a pork, all manner of some green painted buildings like that by the roadside. When you see the vehicles parked around the area, what do they call it? Aha. That axis, if you are going there from the right, that's a different one. All manner of things. They park cars. Or oh, just around this uh, running circle here, from running circle down to the uh, cab station there on the right before the circle on the right the last time we went there we passed through there in the night they were there plenty of vehicles you, it, it was even difficult to drive through that place because there was a particular food I don't know what they are looking for so the money will now it will tell you you must always also feel important feel what? important, important. join them Ah, say we are tired though. Every time Gary. Every time Banku. Kenke. Let me also go there and enjoy life. That's the way we put it. Enjoy life. You only go there to load some things into your system that will eventually compel you to spend money. To settle. But God may have brought this money to you so you could put something into your business. But we are not careful. So don't look at the pulpit ministry as the only thing we are making reference to. No. As you sit there, you may be a great evangelist that God has called in this season and you don't feel it. And the issue is not by feeling. The issue is submitting yourself to him. And the Holy Ghost now begins to direct your course. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And that was as a result of the coming upon him of the Holy Spirit when he was baptized. Just after he was baptized, he came. Then the Spirit led him. I put some things here. He fasted. We have talked about it. It was a time of preparation for his ministry. He was tempted by the devil, by Satan. He conquered Satan on all three counts. His weapon was the word. We we'll talked about that yesterday. But very importantly, he honored God, the Father, with obedience to his word. He honored God. And the one that honors me, I will also not despise. 
in first Samuel chapter 2 and chapter 3 he that he that honors me I will honor the one who despises me I will lightly esteem that's God speaking so he honored God and God showed himself strong now there are 40 days take it this way that the Holy Ghost that came to him was a raw material with all respect to the Most High God because what a raw material that needed to be processed to see what the content of it the impact of the content of it you are born again you are baptized in the Holy Ghost but there is something more you've got to do to make this Holy Ghost have his way to express himself in your life and through your life the 40 days waiting on the Lord and defeating the devil at various points he was giving room for the Holy Ghost to manifest himself by the time the whole thing was over the Bible talks about him in verse 14 Luke chapter 1 and verse 14 and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit I'd like you to give it to me uh, the amplified version of it Luke chapter 4 and verse 14 Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee and the fame of him spread abroad spread through the whole region round about he had not gone anywhere to preach he had only submitted to the leadership of the Holy Spirit fasting praying meditating on the things of the Lord one day I came to speak to you when we were at the hotel about something I'm looking for the material itself the world had conference with the world pastor you remember that I was teaching on on fasting and prayers if they have it I would like to listen to that message the world was meditating on the world a conference with the word of God to pick the will of the father per time rising up early in the morning he went there to meditate what was he meditating on the word who was this person the word and if the world should meditate on the word what do you think you should be doing he subjected himself to the control of the Holy Ghost he killed the flesh and allowed his spirit man to be active communicating with the Spirit of God so power was released from the Holy Ghost into him to his own his own spirit he went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee and the fame of him spread through the whole region roundabout the power of God cannot be in you and you be in obscurity there's so much in us that we are yet to allow go forth it is important for us to break this box and allow the fragrance to spread forth the fame something went before him an aroma of glory went before him everywhere he went and that is one thing that effective fasting does not the fasting that you play smart hallelujah and especially this last last week that we are entering into after two days 
I call it the breaking point. If you like, call it injury time. Many of you are afraid of that one week. On Sunday, I'll tell you something. You need not be afraid at all. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. It is normal. Hallelujah. It is what? Normal. I'll tell you some things on Sunday morning. I won't say those things now here. I will. We've got to go the extra mile to see what God has placed on our inside. There was a prophecy about him that had been standing right from the days of Isaiah the prophet. And nobody had touched it. Now, after the fasting, he went to the synagogue and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Great. Then he went to Nazareth. The Bible says, as his custom was, as it was his habit, he went to the synagogue. Can you imagine Jesus Christ had the habit of going to the synagogue, attending services? We, who say that he is our pattern, we don't have the habit of attending services. We have the habit of finding excuses why we shouldn't be in the service. And when we make those excuses, we think that we have served the purpose. What did he need for many services? Is it a word that somebody will teach him? At age 12, he confounded the professors of the day. All those high priests and the low priests and all the priests, middle priests, all the priests. He confounded them with the authority he had over the world. Asking questions and answering questions that baffled, they could not understand what they are about. 12 year old boy was doing in that place. So what did he need from any pastor or from any rabbi? But he had the habit of attending services, going to the synagogue. Synagogues were places of instruction on the Sabbath day. These things were developed when Israel went into captivity. They were far away from the temple in Jerusalem and they still had to serve their God, so they started meeting in places. And those places became known as synagogues. Place of instruction. So if you like, this is a synagogue. This place is a place of instruction. We sit on God's word, we receive instruction to go out there and manifest our Christianity. Your Christianity is not in this room. It's not here. It is what you come to carry from here and you go out. I told you one day that if that is what we are looking at, then Jehovah Witnesses, they got the key. They go to their, what do you call that place? Witness Kingdom Hall. They sit down with much alertness and discipline. You don't see anybody walking out of the hall until they finish. And they, whoever is there, whether the pastor or the leader, is teaching them. And he teaches them what they will go out and teach. After that one, they go out in pairs. They got that one. Pentecostals and charismatics, the owners of the word of God. The owners of the word. They are the ones that interpret the gospel. No discipline. Come and be taught no. The word of God appears to be the one thing that many believers don't want to touch. So we come to church, praise time, we are there. Worship, we are there. Time to dance, we dance. When we finish, we sit down. It is time for the word. As soon as we pray and we sit down, let's read from here. And then the person doses off. 
When you say in the name of Jesus, you in his sleep, you say amen. 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 We worship in a place, there was a woman there who used to dance with two handkerchiefs. Two handkerchiefs. She would dance from the very first song to the last, sweating profusely. And she would just go and sit down. And during the time of teaching, she would be sleeping. No controversy. Just sleep. Mama, where did you go? I went to church. You should have just said, I went to dance. We come for the word here. We come to pray. We come to prepare ourselves spiritually to go for their manifest. That's the thing. They got it. And this is a learning from them. Won't learn. I have a book somewhere. The fellow who wrote the book used to be a senior person in the Jehovah Witness. And when he discovered some truth in the Bible and he was talking about them, they sacked him. So he left. But he didn't leave the principles behind. He went to a place and began to knock on doors, sending the gospel to them. He began to visit every home, preaching, calling them for meetings, preaching, preaching. Within a short time, he had converted more than three quarters of the people in that town to the Lord. We don't like the principles. One day I told pastor, I said, uh, I said, sometimes I have a feeling that when we say we are praying in the spirit, it's very convenient for many people. They hide behind their tongues and talk. The subject that you are praying about, if you ask them the next day, they will not be able to tell you. I'm telling the truth. They won't be able to tell you. So Paul in his wisdom, as given by God, said something about this. One day we'll take time to study them. I will be happy, more fulfilled, if we spend time on our own to speak and pray in the spirit. When we come as a, some believers meeting like this in the night and we are blowing tongues, no problem. But when it's time for prayer, don't let people hide. It's a lazy way of growing. So while we are praying in tongues, we still fiddle with our phones. While we are praying in tongues, we still think about things outside. The concentration is not there. The leaders have grown. You have overcome those things. But majority of the people that sit on the pews are yet to overcome these things. They wonder in their minds, and yet they are to have a couple of The mind one has is already at Obuasi. He's at EG, about to enter one plant, two like that. He has traveled, he has gone to Europe, and he's coming back. But he's still speaking tongues. What? For another day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What? Is your objective the kingdom as it was his custom it was a practice habit anywhere you went to he went to the synagogue and when you study Paul's writings you discover he also was like that you go to the synagogues the meeting times Peter and John went to the temple at particular times of prayer they were going I have not been able to attend any of the um, um, morning prayer and the afternoon ones. But I ask pastor about the attendance. I do. As far as I'm concerned, if these two people, I'm happy. But it could have been better. If all of us should pay attention. You go to work. I will not ask you to stop your work and come and pray. No. But if you have a break time and you can dash over here to do some prayer, even if it's 25 minutes that you'll get, take that one and go back to work. Go and do your work. It's a practice. It becomes part of you. So even when you don't come and you are in your place, when that time is up, you are praying. You won't spend the break time conversing and chatting with people. 
You will look for a corner somewhere under one tree. You, you just lean against the tree, and then you are on. Father, in the name of Jesus, you and you'll be wondering what you are doing there. You are saving your life from empty talks, from gossip. In the multitude of words, by all means, single day. He brewed the power of the Holy Ghost as he waited on the Lord. And he came out and effortlessly, effortlessly, he was able to hit a very great mark, a target in his ministry. He went to the synagogue. It was a practice that itinerant uh, ministers, itinerant rabbis who went about were given opportunity to teach. You read the scriptures and then you make your comments. And when he got there that day, he went there with the oil of favor upon him because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon his life. The oil of favor was upon him. A few years ago, I attended uh, the graduation of one of my, my nephews in a Bible school at Achimota. I think over, over Kames, something, something. Uh, forgot. I went there. I did not put on any regalia to show them who I was. <laughs> when I got there, the the head of the Bible school and the head of the pastor, I mean the head pastor of that church over there greeted me. They called me up to this. I sat at the back. I told my wife we will not be here for too long. As soon as they pour on that young man, we are gone. And uh, so we were there. They called my name and called my wife. So we walked upstairs. Apparently, the man had told them that his uncle would be coming. The man asked me something. He asked me to do something. As soon as I said, take over the, the, the whole process now became me leading the thing. And I was wondering, what kind of thing is this? That's what happens to you when the favor of God is speaking for you. You go to places and then you are hiding, yet they locate you. Jesus went there and they invited him. And they gave him a scroll that contained the writings of a, a prophet Isaiah. And he found, as the Bible says, he found. He found. That means he located a particular passage that was prophetic about his life and ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 70 says, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. It wasn't a book like, <clears throat> like this. It was a scroll with a ribbon tying it, something of that sort. And he found the place where it was written. He found the place. I believe strongly he was led by the Holy Ghost to that place. It was a prophecy about his life. Very prophetic. And you read that one. I'd like us to read that from the Amplified Bible. Please put it there for us. Let's all of us read. Glory to God. Yeah. Let's go. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because what? Uh huh. The anointed one, the Messiah. Yes. To preach the good news, the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. Who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity to proclaim the acceptable year, accept, okay, the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God 
profusely abound. It was the day of Jubilee. Can we have it from the from the 18? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me. He has chosen me as the anointed one, the Messiah. That is why he is upon me. It is for my assignment, for my ministry. It's not for bravado, it's not for showbiz. There's a purpose for which the Holy Ghost is upon me. The anointing of God is upon you for a purpose. It's not for merchandise or merchandise. It's not. He has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel, the glad tidings to the poor, to give them hope, to bring them out of that situation. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. That blind there is not just people who are physically blind, but those who are spiritually blind. They also are there to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised by men, by situations, by challenges, by calamities, and broken down. They've lost hope. It is for such purpose. And above all, go on. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Friends, let's put our finger there and let's go to Isaiah 61 for the main substance, the original substance. Isaiah 61. Everybody should make that prophet his friend or her friend. I'm advising you. Augustus, if you can take your time to read and study Isaiah for a whole month, you will come with a testimony. It's not because I'm called Isaiah. It's not. The reason I will tell you later. In camera. But without Abraham. It will be Abraham's camera. To be my camera. Now go to 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me. Anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the, and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the fiscal and spiritual captives, and the opening of the prison and of the eyes of those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Go ahead. to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burden and failing, failing what? Spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. Mm? lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. 
the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Go on. And they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Elias shall stand ready and feed your flocks. And foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be called the priest of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations and their glory once that of the captors shall be yours. Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess double. What they had forfeited, everlasting joy shall be theirs. Now let's go back. To verse, verse, verse 2. Now, Jesus read verse 1 and verse 2. He got to the point to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and then he closed the book and gave it to them. It takes a man who was under the influence of the Spirit to know the limits of his ministry. To know the limit of his calling. To know where he stands and where other person should come in. Where I was raised, if you were given a prayer point or a message to, to, to talk about, a subject to teach, and you went beyond that one to another area, you'll be in trouble. Remain within the confines of your prayer topic. What is there is what you should do. Scriptures you can pick from anywhere. The ones you have been given you can add and make proper elaboration and let people pray. But don't jump from where you are knowing very well that some other person may be handling that one. Some level of discipline that helps some of us you must know your boundaries and stay there and fulfill that which God has called you to do. Don't just go about. John the Baptist went beyond his boundaries and the end was no good. He knew what he came to do. He came to present salvation and get people saved. The acceptable year of the Lord, the day of Jubilee, or the year of Jubilee, it's, it's so amazing. When he got there, he stopped. So in verse 1 and verse 2a, he stopped, he handed it over, he sat down, and they were looking at him. I believe strongly some of them were surprised. Why did this man stop here? And he said boldly to them in verse 20, verse 21, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And he began to speak, today this scripture has been fulfilled while you are present and hearing. It means that scripture was not for the then. It was for a messianic future. Because they, they had jubilee times, but the people still went into captivity. They were under bondage. They suffered. So that was not it. There was something more glorious coming. And that was the time of Jesus. And he knew it and he announced it. And thereafter, began to walk in the light of that one. I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he shall come, <laughs> when he shall come, the Holy Ghost, he will lead you into more. So he left some things for the Holy Ghost. He knew the error of the Holy Ghost. After he had left, the Holy Ghost will come. The second portion of it will be executed by the Holy Ghost. He knew it. 
spiritual discipline. Spiritual what? Discipline. If you have observed me very well, when anytime I have to introduce someone to preach, I don't touch the subject. I only tell people to get ready for the word that is coming. I speak about the word. I talk about understanding. I talk about the flow of the Holy Ghost. And you, pro, you, you, you make some prophetic statements for people to be assured that something good is about happening. Because if you are not careful, you go in your short five minutes, ten minutes, you will preach what a person wants to preach. And if that person doesn't receive the help of the Holy Ghost, there will be a problem. Know your limitations. Not that you have weakness, but that is where you are supposed to operate, operate there. So, you are in the choir, you are singing, remain there. You take microphone and you tell people, the Lord is out to bless you so massively. Want to lift you before the Lord so that you, you, you gain abundance of his blessing. You have only said that one to bring up your worship song or your praise song or anything. I challenge with a church in Kumasi, some people there, after we have done massive prayer, like the one that you did, you pray for 30 minutes. That also, 30 minutes. And they say, come and sing. And then you begin another prayer. You know, and there are some things I can't, I can't look on. I'll just start. <laughs> we are prayed. You, you hear me? We are prayed. I may be in the office, I will send people, tell them we are prayed. There was one particular person, Brother Joe. You carry his own prayer points. And then he will now begin to sing. And because of that, he was the leader, others began to do the same thing. So I have to come in. If I hear that again, you won't sing. Simple. Know your limit. Your ministry. Understand the ministry. Operate that ministry. Leave God the room to make someone else build up on that one. So you run a church, for instance, as we are here. I know my area. I know it. Nobody will tell me anything. I know. And I know things that I know to do, but which I don't want to do because others must be brought up. Sometimes I do that to a fault. My bid is to make sure that people will also be groomed to do things. Know your limits. You will never be able to preach everything before the Lord comes. In fact, if you are given just one chapter of the Bible to preach for the next 25 years, you will not finish it. Because they are new what? Every morning. They are new when? Every morning. Anytime you have a confab with the Holy Ghost, he begins to open your eyes on things. You thought, you thought. What I taught yesterday, I had the privilege to listen to it. And if I wanted to go back to the things that came to me, I won't be talking what I'm talking about now. Because many, many things just came up like that. You will never finish it, though. Never. Jesus knew his limits. He had a short time. This is what I came to do. Couldn't he have done something about what the Holy Ghost would come to do? No, it was not in his own ambit. To do that it's very important allow the holy ghost master and influence over your life operate as he leads you operate as he leads you so this is a time we are submitting ourselves to the holy ghost 
Paul said, I put my body under. If you don't put this body under, you become a disaster. You become a wreck. As for quoting scriptures, it's easy to quote. But leaving the scriptures, it is the work of the Holy Ghost. The one you submit to. There are things we seek to have. They are all within his, his, his power to bring our way. Just release yourself to him. When you walk with the Holy Ghost like that, when you make mistakes, you know that you've made mistakes. I may get angry. I may get angry. I may shout on somebody. I may scream and all that. As soon as I finish, sometimes you ask him, what did you gain? What did you gain? Now I have to look for a way to bring that person back to myself. If I need, if, if I really want to live long and stay on this job for long, I must bring that person to myself. You, you, <laughs> I've told you a story here. I prayed that one girl should not, I don't want the girl in the church again. I didn't want her in the church again. I did that one in the night and the girl left. I was still very young. Then one day he asked me, where is Enoch? That was the name of the girl, Enoch. Pastor knows her. My wife knows her. Where is Enoch? I said, I don't know where she is. He said, look, I will demand her blood from you. If anything happens to that girl, I will demand. I didn't sleep again that night. Then I began to send people to find out anybody who knew, who knew where the girl had gone to. Any relation that you knew, please get informed, the person informed. We are looking for her. And that became my serious time of prayer and fasting to bring her back from where she had gone to and I didn't know about. One evening like this, on a Wednesday, I was on the, at the altar teaching. And I saw her coming. I left the altar to go and meet her. That was the first time I left the altar for something else. And I brought her. Where did you go? He said she was everywhere. I was everywhere. When you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, you will make sure you don't go astray. He will help you. He will direct your course. Jesus went and got the key to his ministry and made that one public. From that day, he pursued that ministry unto the end. It is my prayer that we will take advantage of this. Because on Sunday, I will make a declaration. We will go to Isaiah 61 and I will make a declaration from there. The whole of next week will be something different. Something what? Different. And I've told Pastor, I've mentioned it here, after these 21 days, the three months ahead of us to the end of the year, every month it is one week. Solid. In diverse times of prayer, we need to hit the bull's eye. We need to. What we desire to see will not come by natural course. It will come by the spirit. And we've got to stir up the pool. Stir it up. Jesus went there to establish victory. And he got it. And he began to show. It began to do what? To show. After this teaching, his fame went everywhere. But there were people who didn't like some of the things that he said. People of the flesh will never like things that affect their so-called ego. He said, I know you will doubt me. I know you won't believe me. Uh, no prophet is, uh, has honor amongst his own people. 
it, it, there were many widows in Israel. But God sent uh, Elijah. Elijah to the widow of what? Seraphat. He said there were many, many, many lepers. But none of them were here. Except a stranger. And then they now said, oh, so this man is saying that God values Gentiles above us. That was their problem. And they now wanted to kill him. The Bible says that they took him to a cliff and they wanted to push him down so that he would crash and die. And he walking, walking in the midst of them went his way. Were they blind? No. He was a man who had chosen to operate the, the, the will and the program of God. So God was also committed to keep you. He came close to death so many times, but God kept you. When you release yourself to him, he will keep you. And the Lord will keep you. And grant you to enjoy the cause for which you are brought in this world. You will not, never, never lose relevance in the name of Jesus Christ. Remain blessed in the Lord. And be distinguished as you walk with him. In the name of Jesus Christ.